This is the Martial Arts Lifestyle Podcast, where we talk with martial arts practitioners about their histories and the influence their practice of martial arts has on their lives. You are listening to the free version of this podcast, which is abbreviated. Help support this program by considering to subscribe to us on Patreon and access the full-length version of the Martial Arts Lifestyle Podcasts, all for the price of one coffee shop coffee per month. Go to www.patreon.com slash malmag. That's www.patreon.com slash M-A-L-M-A-G. In this episode, I talk with my friend Michael Perez about his history, about applying the martial arts mindset to learning new things, and relating guitar playing to martial arts. Sit back and enjoy this conversation with Michael Perez. Welcome to the Martial Arts Lifestyle Podcast, and today I've got a good friend of mine that I actually met back in, I think it was 2019, right? It was 2019? Yeah, yeah Guru Dan Seminar. Guru Dan yeah. Seminar. So back in 2019, I uh, was substituting for Joel Clark uh, mm-hmm. as he done for some medical stuff, and I was traveling with Guru Dan Nasanto to uh, assist him at some seminars, and it was Waterloo, Indiana, I believe, right? Yes, yeah. Okay, so I, I met this nice gentleman, Michael Perez, who I'm talking to today, and he's from Toledo, Ohio, uh, and uh, we've kind of been friends ever since, I think, you know, kind of catching yeah. up online, and uh, so um, I wanted to share his story with, with everyone on the podcast this week, so welcome to the podcast, Michael. Thank you. Glad to be here. Awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about how you got started in martial arts. Well, I've always been fascinated with it. As a kid, you know, the Karate Kid movies, Rocky movies, I've always been fascinated with the human body, um, athleticism, just the movement. I've always found beauty in the movement. Well, about 18, I actually enrolled in a karate school, uh, Shorinru, under Joseph Hertzellers. And I was there probably about two years. And it was great. It helped feed the fire so to speak, but I always felt like there was something missing, something more to it. And it was around that time that uh, Dragon, the Bruce Lee story had come out. And in the movie, I know he didn't write the Tao of Jeet Kune Do, but they you know, highlight this in the movie. And I thought, oh, wow, I didn't know he had this book out. So as soon as the movie's done, I rush out, get the book. And I probably have read this book a hundred times over. Every time I read it, I always find something new in it or something that I didn't quite get back then, but I do now. And it just opened my eyes to a whole different world of things, not just martial arts, but just religion, culture, food, you know, just the idea of keeping an open mind and not restricting yourself to just one thing. So it, it really opened a whole different world to me at such a young age. You know, at 18, you don't really know a whole lot. You're just, you're still young. You don't have a lot of it. Hey, don't tell any 18 year old that they don't know. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but yeah. So, you know, I, I read this and it was just, it was exactly what I was looking for. It spoke to me on so many different levels and I've been hooked ever since, you know, not just on JKD, but other arts. It wasn't until um, eight years ago when I went to my first Guru Dan in a sound seminar in Canton um, under the hatches that I was um, introduced to the Filipino martial arts. And I was bitten by the bug. 
I see these two gentlemen at the seminar doing uh, some Rada, thinking to myself, what the hell is this? What, what are these guys doing? How do they know to move like this? How does he know to react this way and move here? And, you know, and, the, and God bless these gentlemen. The, the, it was a father and son duo, and the father writes it out for me. Now, remember, this is the first time I'm seeing this. I know nothing about it. He writes it, and it, it could have been in Japanese. I did not understand it. I, I'm like, okay, uh, roof block, you know, a number eight to a roof, and an inside deflection to a one. Is that what is this? So, <laughs> I come home after the seminar. I'm excited. I look it up on YouTube, and I, I see this demonstration, and I'm following one guy to get it down, and then I follow the other guy, and then I realize it's just just repeating pattern. I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm doing this out on my back porch by myself, using my imagination of, you know, these strikes are coming at me and I've got to block and do it this way. But it wasn't until I had my first class with the hatches that it really brought it into fruition and helped me understand it more. It, it just, I've been in love with the arts ever since. And, wow. Yeah, it's just JKD as well. As I could learn as much as I, could through books, but I was still missing that human factor. You know, having someone there to give me that pressure testing or to help me critique certain things that you just can't get out of a book. You have to have that 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 person there to help you right. find those movements. And that's what exactly. I got from Hedges. You know, the, the great instructors. I love them to death. I couldn't have asked for better people. You know, I, I spent years trying to find a place to study these arts. And I think the closest I found was Columbus. But you know, at the time I was still a little skeptical about traveling at 18, two and a half hours away to try and find a school, much less be accepted into it. So I did what I could for books. And like I said, it wasn't until eight years ago that I discovered the hatches and I've been with them ever since. Wow. So uh, let's kind of go back to your, your Charner roots a little bit. Charner, you said, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. That's interesting. A very, must be a, a, a quite a popular martial arts style at least in the midwest because that's also the art i started in in illinois oh wow yeah so that's pretty interesting so yeah. uh, was a shorter guy in in toledo there that you studied with yes yes joseph Herseller. wow and i probably cannot remember anything from it anymore it is I probably knew two dozen katas but i i'm going to be embarrassed and say that i i don't remember them however yeah I've been very lucky. My first martial art instructor, who I hope to interview on this at some point, um, lives in Phoenix, Arizona now. So he's one of the distance of me. And uh, before COVID would actually be in LA quite a bit on uh, business. And so okay. I, after, you know, so many years, got a chance to, to reconnect with him and see him at least once or twice a year. So I'm like, you know what, let me... Uh, you know, just kind of being the way we are in this sort of Inosanto family going, you know what? I don't. I don't want to trash anything. So right. I may. I'm going to probably find myself going back and in reviewing and and getting the stuff that I actually did take for a decade. You know. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to kind of throw that to the wayside because right. and, and I, interesting too. Because you know you're talking about being influenced by the Karate Kid and that was Okinawan Karate that they right. were doing. Yeah. You know the. It's funny when you look at the show, especially they show these photos of, they talk about the Miyagi family and they show a guy, real guy, Miyagi Chojin, mm -hmm. who was a yep. Goju guy, uh, who was also one of the teachers of Shimabuku, or Eizu Shimabukuro, 
who was the head of the system that I studied in. So it's like I had a, you know, a great connection to this out of my own history. And that's, um, you know, uh, like Lee Grow, right? Mm -hmm. So Lee studied with Shimabuku in Okinawa. Oh, wow. As well. So Lee's like a high ranking Shurenru black belt himself. So it's kind of interesting how these things kind of all connect. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then how did you discover, so uh, you say the Hatches, so for our audience that doesn't know who that is, that's David and Linda Hatch out of Michigan. Correct, correct, and, Michigan, yep. Yeah, and wonderful people, I, I love them to death as well, and hope to get them on the show at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, he's I, a wealth of knowledge, I mean, oh, man, no, he's he's like the, the keeper of Michigan secrets. Exactly. Uh, he's, he's trained with so many people, and <laughs> had so many influences, and influenced so many people, It's 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 crazy. Well, certainly, yeah. If you're talking about, you know, JKD and and Kali in mm-hmm. Midwest, you know, David Hatches and Linda Hatch are two people you have to discuss. I mean, they are oh, yeah. oh, part yeah. of that whole. They they are like you know the heartbeat of it there. Mm-hmm. Um, and one one of the things I love about David too, he's one of the few people at his height that stands, you know, and looks me eye to eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's an iron giant, no doubt. Uh, so how did you get involved with them? I mean, you know, you're Ohio, they're Michigan. It's it's not like it's super close, but um, but it is kind of next door. Yeah. Well, this uh, ad came up on Facebook one day about the seminar. Um, somebody was promoting it, and I thought, you know, I'm not getting any younger. Guru Dan has been such a huge influence through his books and videos that I thought I'd take the opportunity to go there and just meet him. You know, just to be in the same spaces him and i took the opportunity at the end of the seminar to go up to him and thank him for being such an influence and for carrying on with promoting jkd as and you know just being such a huge motivation to me and mm-hmm. when i discovered that the hatches were the sponsors of the seminar and that they were in canton i contacted them on facebook and said what do i need to do to become a student you know, do I got to stand in the rain with jugs in my hands, <laughs> you know, for hours on end? What, what do I need to become a student? Tell me, you know, I, I, I want to train. I want to get into this. And the rest is history. I, I had an interview with them at their house and started from there. Wow. So do you, you do, um, well, you just, you kind of go and, and hang out there for a while and train with them mm-hmm. and then and bring it home. And yes. Yeah. I uh, do uh, private lessons with them. Well, once a month, sometimes a few, but wow. yeah, it's best time spent. That's, you know, it's one of the things that I, I don't know if it's unique to the JKD community, but it's certainly your story with that is not an unusual one for me to hear because I hear of a lot of people who travel distances to go, you know, get some knowledge and then take it home. And I, I don't know if that's, you know, a product of the fact that Guru was really kind of started the seminar phenomenon, you know, back in, I think mm-hmm. the very seventies and right. it became almost a norm for people to learn and train this way. And, you know, you do hear some people bash it, but, you know, I've got to turn around and go, look, um, you can jump on that all you want, but, you know, 
what you see is people who take little bits of information and to them it's a diamond mm-hmm. and take that little bit and they go and they work it and they work it and they work it till they have it and then they come back and get the next bit where if you're at the source you know like i'm currently at the source and right. you get a river of knowledge poured on you all the right, time. Yeah. And yeah. so it's a little different. And, you know, if you're not prepared to deal with it that way, sometimes for some people, it might be easy to take it for granted. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think this, the folks that are learning the way you're learning don't necessarily take it for granted because you treasure each little piece that you're getting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you put in time with it, which is, you know, extremely admirable. And, you know, the moment someone says, you know, kind of points fingers like, oh, well, what can you learn on a seminar and blah, blah, blah. uh, I point to someone who's probably come up on just about every podcast I've done so far. And that's Rick Fay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, tell me that guy who's, you know, realistically seminar trained, I think. I mean, I don't remember him ever going reading about him going to the academy and hanging out there he just went to seminars a lot of there's quite a few people that i know that actually travel to the seminars and that's just all they do yeah they basically just follow guru from one spot to another yes that's their training and you know i commend these people for it that shows a tremendous amount of dedication you know these people that will take that time and just follow him wherever just to get that time with him and that knowledge yeah that's you know, that's gold. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think that too, especially, you know, being out here in LA there and, and seeing people who do show up two, three, four times a year mm-hmm. from as far away as the other side of the world yeah. too. go, yeah, you know what? I, I, I really like these people. They're, they're kind of cool. Oh yeah, that shows a huge amount of dedication on their part. You know, and some people might try to cut that down and Oh, well, it's just seminar training, but they don't realize that he gives a lot of information yeah. in Absolutely. those seminars. I mean, you're talking five hour days and there's a lot that you go over. Yeah. You, know, you may have three minutes to work on something because he moves on to the next piece of material, but <laughs> it's a lot of stuff. You know what? If you don't, I always recommend for people to take notes because, you yeah. know, shorthand, you know, I never thought yeah. shorthand would come in handy until yeah. my first seminar. Like, Jesus Christ, you're going so fast. I got to. Uh, yeah. I got to shorten this down so I can write it quicker. Yeah. Yeah. And then rewrite the notes. After. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. My first few seminar notes. On the Meg website about survival, seminar survival techniques. And that's like one of them is, is yes. rewrite right away because they make good sense to you when you're writing them down in the moment. Oh, yeah. And no sense to you 48 hours later. Oh, yeah. You get home and you're like, what the hell is this? I can't understand yeah. this. Now I'm going to spend another couple of days trying to decipher this. <laughs> no lie. Uh, and, you know, I think it's one of the good things, too, that the, the way he teaches and uh, I think everyone within the family teaches, certainly, you know, David and Linda the same way. They're giving you a way that leads to the next thing. So you actually mm-hmm. will discover the next things kind of on your own. Oh, yeah. To, it's, give you enough to plant that seed. Yes. Of discovery. And as you're going through the motions, training, and all of a sudden you realize, oh, wow, I can do this, and I can move here, and I can, you know, it's, and I like, the guru said this once in a seminar where it's, 
when you discover things, a lot of it's, you know, self-discovery on your own where you're training. Right. And, you know, he'll have people come up to him and go, oh, check this out, check out what I did, or I came up with this. And he'll look at him and go, oh, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. And kind of disappointed, but it's because he's seen it a thousand times or he right. knows about it. But you tend to grab it harder, hang on to it, or it, it hits you harder when right. you discover it yourself. Right. You know, it right. means more to you then at that moment as opposed to someone saying, okay, do it this way. You know, because there's been plenty of times I, I, I go to see for Dave and, oh, I checked this out. I came up with this and, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, hey, you're, you're not shocked. <laughs> it's kind of cool. It? Well, no, I mean, you're right, but, you know, it's, we haven't gotten there yet. You're, you're getting ahead, but yeah, that, right. there's nothing wrong with that. Oh, right. Man. The picture but, of that little kid bringing that drawing to the parents. They go, yeah, we'll put that on the fridge. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get so excited and then it's oh okay. <laughs> so do you have a, a school or a training group that you operate where you're at then? I teach out of my home. I uh called it dynamic self-defense. So I very because you know it's an eclectic collection of the arts that we study. So you know, some people want to come for the JKD, some of them want. Muay Thai, some of them want the Kali, and some of them want it all. So it's just a matter of who wants what. Wow. But it's, what's cool. fascinating is, you know, I'll get some people who know nothing about Kali. And when I start showing them things, they're like, oh my God, yeah, I want to learn this. You know, yeah. when you talk to them about like what's functional, you know, as opposed to what's flashy. You know? Right. And as soon as they see it, it's, their eyes get huge and like, oh yes, this is what I want. This is what I'm looking for. Yeah. So it, it's great to see that, that I don't even have to sell it. It sells itself. Yeah, that it does. It's kind of an addicting thing. I remember when I first started JKD early nineties and it was a guy that was advertising in like a weekender magazine. And he taught at these uh, tennis courts outside of the uh, community center in Tampa, Florida. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, this sounds like JKD, you know, the backyard and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, I march right out because I got along with him on the phone. And so I went out to see the class and a demo and stuff. And it turned out he was, you know, only about five years older than me. So, you know, we had the same music tastes. And so there was a lot of, you know, personal connection right. as well. And so as I watched it, I'm like, yeah, okay, this, you know, this looks like the JKD kind of types of things I've seen before. And I want to do this. And of course there was the Kali in there too. And once you see, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, I've seen and heard of this. Yeah, sure, I'm I'm happy to do that. And the moment I got my hands on those sticks and started doing the stuff, I'm like, whoa, okay. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's just like it's one of those things. Again, like you said, it sells itself. The moment you do it, it just it's a weird addiction. Mm-hmm. It just gets a lot of fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just the type of skills and attributes you develop from it, it's amazing. You know, I'd have never thought to be able to wheel two sticks at once or stick and dagger or dagger and dagger and just, you know, put them together in combinations or just how the movements help you to use your hands later. You know, right. it's, I always try to tell people the angles stay the same as the weapons that change, you know, the right. movements are the same, no matter what you're using, you know? So like I said, it sells itself when you're explaining it in that sense. Exactly. You know, just to put it into motion. Like, you know, it amazes me still. I'll sit there and I'll, if I'm filming, for things to help promote it and then it's like damn i'm doing that i that's kind of cool 
<laughs> it's just amazing, you know, just the, the things that it can make you do, you know, the ambidexterity that you can build with it. You know, it's people, I get people all the time. Oh, I don't think I can do that. I'm not coordinated enough. Trust me, you can learn. Oh, yeah. It's definitely yeah. a skill that you can develop. I have to tell everyone, anyone who goes with a coordination excuse, I'm like, okay, I am one of the most uncoordinated human beings on the planet. Right. Trust me, I've been at this for 40 years. If you think I look good, it's got nothing to do with natural ability. It's got to do with just being a stubborn bastard, (laughs) sticking with it and continuing to do it over and over again. Mm -hmm. You know, think I'm terrible? Yeah, you had to do that. And this concludes the abbreviated version of the Martial Arts Lifestyle Podcast. Please remember to hit the like button and please subscribe here to the YouTube channel. Please consider supporting the program by going to patreon.com slash malmag and subscribing for access to the full-length podcasts. Again, that is www.patreon slash M-A-L-M-A-G. Thank you for listening to this episode with Michael Perez. Coming up next week, one of my well-regarded seniors in the Insanto family and good friends, Sifu Dwight Woods from Miami. Check out the Malmag store at www.martialartslifestylemagazine.com and click on the store tab. There you'll find a full selection of Timmy B's brand sticks for FMA, some Timmy B's brand shirts, and some very sharp-looking Dos Manos shirts. This show is produced by Martial Arts Lifestyle Magazine. Visit us at martialartslifestylemagazine.com. Music by Jack Hal Relic. Martial Arts Lifestyle Magazine and the Martial Arts Lifestyle Podcast are trademarked and copyrighted by TNT LLC. Ah!